And of course, uh, today is um, our Independence Weekend celebration. And uh, I'm thankful to live in um, the United States of America. Are you thankful to be here? Yeah, yeah. And, and today, um, we really are talk about the celebration of our nation or the birth of our nation. Of course, that took place on July the 4th, 1776, when 56 men signed a bold declaration of independence from the rule of authority over them by the British crown. And with that declaration and within that declaration, I want us to, I want us to look at these words. It, it says this, it says, We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these, and this is what I really want you to pay attention to today, among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, how many of you know those words? I mean, those are probably some of the most recognizable words from the Declaration of Independence. And this whole idea of, of among those rights, and they specifically stated, endowed to us by our Creator, that among those, there's this idea of life, this idea of liberty, and then this idea of the pursuit of happiness. Now, when we read those words, and then we understand the subsequent words where they actually did declare independence over um, the British crown, we find that history bears record that a tremendous fight was on. It's called the Revolutionary War, and it was fought and won by the people who were forging out this idea of a new nation, a different kind of government. And I mean, some of those who signed that declaration, as we know, lost everything that they had in the process. They were willing to give their all. Some gave their fortunes, others gave their homes, and their former lives were certainly disrupted. But the price that they paid for the idea of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness continued in their lives and continues in our lives to be a price worth paying. These three principal elements have long been the battle cry for the nation. While in its original declaration, this is what I I really want us to key on for a minute today. In the original declaration, referenced in those words that I read just a few moments ago, that these rights are actually given to us by our Creator. So I want to dissect these principal ideas and going to steer us into the Word of God. That what does, what does the Word of God have to say about the principal ideas that the Creator has endowed upon every one of us, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Well, I would have to start with my one plus one today. And one plus one certainly means that life is from God. So I think we got to firmly establish the fact that all life is from God. 
Looking back at creation, we find that God brought life, whether it was in the plants or the animals, the birds, or ultimately human beings. Life begins with God. Genesis 2, 7 says this, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. I like to say that God did that. That there may be some level of existing, and I think that this is, this is kind of what I, I want to focus on in this particular area, is that there may be some kind of existing outside of God. Now we understand and recognize that there are people who are alive that do not profess or confess the Creator the God of the Bible, the one that, that, that we serve, that they, they may not have ever confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and we look at them, but we must recognize that although there may be some form of existing outside of God, true life can only be found through Him. Matter of fact, Jesus took it even a step further in his teaching, when he said this in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and they may have it to the full. Now, just a couple of weeks ago, we examined that verse and we talked about the idea of life through Christ being not just existing or merely surviving, but life through Christ is a life that is an overflowing life. That Christ has come into this world to bring to us something that goes beyond just existing. It goes beyond just breathing and going through the rituals and the motions of our day. But that Jesus Christ came into this world to give us life that is super abundant in quantity and super superior in quality. That Jesus Christ came to this world to give us true life. And I really think that that is the picture of what we see even in the garden scene. When, when God created man, he put him in a garden where everything was provided for him. Where his life was without brokenness. Where he experienced a life in the garden that was whole. That Jesus Christ would come into this world today and offer to us something more than merely existing. That Jesus Christ would come into this world today to offer a wholeness of life. And I understand that in our lives, just like in the original Declaration of Independence of this nation, that there was a fight that had to be had. And there, 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 was, there was the idea that they had to take the matter into their hands, and we take the matter into our hands by giving ourselves to Him. We take the matter into our hands by recognizing that all life really comes from Him, and that if we will trust Him with our life, that if we will trust Him with our everything, that, that even if we would do what we talked about last week and have those times in our day of personal devotion where we find our slot and our spot and we, and we allow the life of God to breathe back into us one more time and allow Him to make us whole, that you and I don't have to 
live in the brokenness, but that we can actually experience the healing power of God as it works in us to bring life. I felt like uh, a couple of times this week in my, in my devotion time, it was as though the, the, the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over me and breathing life into my nostrils. That, that you could just feel this, this weight being lifted and this peace of God and this deep found assurance that everything is going to be okay. And I believe that's how you and I can, can fight for our life. That we really, that we really fight in Him. That we really kind of, kind of push past the things that bring death, the things that bring the thief into our life, that comes to steal and to kill and destroy, and that we rely upon the presence of God and the hope of God. Just like that song we just sang at the end there, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. I don't know if, if Cleveland has done much history on that particular song, but Raylene and I have been involved with um, the groups that write those songs in prayer meetings. And I, I, I told Raylene the first time I listened to it this week when Cleveland sent that out to us, the first time I listened to it, and I said, you know what, this is a prayer room song. I mean, we've, we've watched them do that. We, we've seen them do that. I said, this is a prayer room song. This, this song was birthed while they were praying. This is how I fight my battles. Fight my battles in prayer and in worship and in my focus to understand that there is only one who truly brings life, and that is God. And that through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, that you and I can experience life that is not just existing, but we can experience life that is overflowing with his, with his bounty in our life. Two plus two today is the second part of this, of, of this declaration. And I, I would like to say today that liberty is in Christ. True freedom comes from Christ. I know I've already talked about him some, but, but look at John 8, 36 and, and, and let this sink in. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. See, one, one more time we we see this emphasis on, on the kind of experience that is found through him. Before, it's like you, you can exist outside of God, but true life, an overflowing life, a whole life, comes through him. But now we find that you won't just be free, but you will be free. Indeed, there are, there are some translations that, that say it like this. If the Son sets you free, you will be really you know, not just walking around in some essence of liberty, but, but recognizing and knowing that everything in my life has been, has been set free by, the, by this tremendous work of Christ in my life. See, really free. I, I would like to say this, and, 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 and hopefully you'll understand what, I, what I'm saying, is that, is that true liberty is not found in things. I mean, I'm thankful that I live in, in 
the land of the free is what they call our nation, but true liberty doesn't come through governments. I think oftentimes we as Christians fail to remember, especially those of us that are in uh, uh, North America, in the North American church, or the, what it's called, you know, the, even in the Western church, that, that this idea that, that we rely on other things to set us free, that we rely on other things to be our source of liberty. When in fact it is Jesus Christ where our liberty is found. Matter of fact, I'd even like to say it like this that Christ through the Holy Spirit, this another verse that said, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. No matter what your circumstance, no matter what your life may look like, if you are in Him, then in Him you find freedom. I think it's very powerful to note through the Holy Spirit and then what I believe is is a, a factor that is very important, especially in our day and time, is through the accountability found in the church. So when we talk about love God and connect with others and serve with excellence, we talk about this vision. When we get into this area of connect with others, we have said multiple times that it is through our interaction, it is through our connection that we find freedom. How? Because Christ works through the members of the body to minister to one another. I mean, you think about it for a second. Every one of the gifts of the Spirit that operate within the, within the church depend on there being someone else as a recipient. That none of the gifts operate in isolation. And I mean, you even look at the ministry offices of Christ. None of those offices operate in isolation. You can't truly operate in any of these areas without there being someone who is giving and someone else who is receiving. This is why... Paul wrote and said very emphatically that we, as the body of Christ, are here to serve one another. And it is through that service, it is through that ministry, that we find freedom. The freedom that comes from Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, think about it for a second, that the Holy Spirit gifts us in order for us to be a source of strength, and a source of hope, and a source of healing. I think oftentimes we fail in that proposition. We, we, we fail to, to remember that, especially in a, in, a, in a world where the idea of being independent may even slide itself to being alone. And I don't think it's the will of God or the plan of God for anyone in this room to be alone. That's why Paul emphatically referenced the church as, as being a body. He called it even the body of Christ. And then he made reference to the fact that, that every one of us are a member of that body and we all have a specific function to fulfill. A specific function for common good, for the community to, to feel, to experience. I guess today I would just like to say that 
God has come to make us free in one aspect of that freedom. It's how well we treat one another. I mean, I really think that it's a shame, and certainly Paul and Peter both in their epistles allude to this idea of people coming into the church and how damaging it is if they come in to sow disunity and discord. I mean, the, the, the reality of that is, is that when they are disruptors who are driving people apart, the ministry ceases. The enemy understands that. He understands that. So it is that liberty is in Christ and through Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit and within his body, within his church, you can be really free. Then the third thing, three plus three today in our summer school session concerning life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is that the pursuit of happiness is in God's righteousness and kingdom. The pursuit of happiness is in God's righteousness and kingdom. Look at Matthew 6, 31. It says here, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness And all these things will be given to you as well. Here's the deal. The key to the pursuit of happiness is to prioritize what God prioritizes. And I know that, you know, we could get into whatever class and and they may talk in a history class or maybe even an economics class and they could talk about the pursuit of happiness and they could say, well, to be truly happy in America, you got to have more and get more. And it's the, what do they call it? The American dream. It's a big discussion right now. It's a big discussion right now with immigration and people wanting to come here. And I get that. I get that. The land of opportunity. I understand that. The idea of the pursuit of happiness in the Word of God isn't about getting more of this world. The idea of the pursuit of happiness scripturally is to get more of God. And that if you will seek Him first, if you will seek His righteousness, if you will seek His kingdom, then His word promises to us that all of those other things will be given to us as well. See, I mean, we mistakenly believe that happiness is in things. Here, Jesus emphasized three in particular, food, drink, and clothes. But then Jesus emphasized that the pagans run after those things, and they're not living a life with liberty and the true pursuit of happiness. Matter of fact, he even says the pagans pursue these things. And, 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 and what are we pursuing? In our quest to find life, liberty, and happiness, what are we pursuing? And Jesus confirmed 
the answer to what we should be pursuing. We should be pursuing His kingdom. And we should be pursuing His righteousness. And then when we find that, we find the other things as well. The pursuit of happiness is found in the pursuit of God and His kingdom. So as we go into our week of celebration, I don't know what your plans are for the 4th, but as we walk toward that, I want us to remember, yeah, we're thankful to be living in America. We're thankful to be living in a country that is free and we have the opportunity to worship in freedom. We have the opportunity to pursue our passions and our dreams. But in all of that, let us not forget that what we truly need is only found in God. And when we find Him, we hit the jackpot. We truly do. Would you stand with me today? I want to pray for us. Know that anytime there's a group of people that have gathered together, there are those who perhaps need a certain aspect of what was said. And some may be needing an uplift in their life, that they may need wholeness. Others may be in need of liberty in some area of their life, freedom. While others may be saying, you know, I just, I just need happiness in my life. Today I want to pray for you. And I just want to ask the Lord that in any of these areas or in all of these areas, that the Holy Spirit would touch you in such a way as you to experience this in your life. Can we pray together and say, Father, I just thank you right now for your work and your power and your presence in every one of these lives. I thank you, Lord, that you are near. You are speaking to us in very specific ways. And I'm asking that by your spirit and by your power that you would touch us. Anyone in this room that is in need of life, liberty, happiness, Lord, that you would show them the door. That even right now that we would hear you say, I am the door. Anyone who comes to me comes in and out and finds green pasture. That thief comes to the door, but the sheep, my children, do not hear the thief because the thief can't get through the door. My sheep are through the door. My children are through the door. And I I just pray that today we we would feel that, that we would experience it, that there would be a revelation that would come to our minds that that this is indeed true and that we stand in you depending upon you for life and liberty and happiness that we depend on you today. In Jesus' name, we declare it and we believe it. I thank you for it right now. If there's anybody in this room right now, Lord, that 
wants a fresh start with you today. I pray that their hearts would ignite with the reality that Jesus Christ is their Lord and that God raised you from the dead in order to bring them life, in order to bring them liberty, in order to bring them happiness. And even right now that they would begin to pray and ask you one more time or maybe for the first time to come into their heart and come into their life. I thank you for that. I thank you for that. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, in Jesus' name. Oh, can we clap our hands to the Lord together because he is worthy on this holiday weekend. (laughs) God is good. You guys look so great. I know God's going to bless you. I know you're going to need to stand in the forward a couple minutes because it sounds like the rain's coming down again. But it's water in the golf.